Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I am Tracy Harrell and it's it's so much bigger than me. And today's show, I'm just so excited about today's show. You know that our show in general, it's all about helping each person to live their best life. And today we have three amazing couples on who individually are amazing, collectively are just powerhouses. And we're going to talk today about life lessons, lessons learned. How can you live your best life? Thriving through trauma. We're going we're gonna to talk to couples who have love, love, love that has lasted over decades. It's such a beautiful thing. And these are people who aren't just living their best life, but they're doing things to help others to live their best life as well. So I'm going to start with introductions, but I'm going to do something a little special. I'm going to have each of you introduce the other person. So I'm going to start with Nikita Morgan. Nikita, I'm going to have your husband actually introduce you. He's like, no, she didn't just put me on the spot. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, husband, tell me about this woman. I met her through Juicy Woman University, through this work with Debrina Jackson Gandy, and she had a story to tell about, you know, some trials and tribulations that your family went through. She was one of the strongest women I've ever met, just, just listening to her tell her story. So what would you like to tell people about your wife, and what do you love about her? The story she told you um, ain't yeah. the half of it. Mm. She's just told people about her, just how she was brought up, her upbringing, and people are just amazed. She don't, she doesn't talk about it, though. she doesn't talk about herself, like, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. She doesn't think it's anything special. I see it. Everybody who's met her sees it. So um, I met her um, when we were 10, we met at church, and so... Um, <laughs> I've been, you know, chasing her throughout the years until she finally got tired of me and said, yes, <laughs> I'm married. She's an amazing woman. Um, she's a business owner. Um, she can sing, but she won't tell nobody she can do that. Um, <laughs> she's raised amazing children um, and, and, and they're, they're just spectacular. And it's not me, it's her vibrancy that made them what they are. So that's my wife, Nikita Morgan. All right, Nikita Morgan. And, and introduce your handsome husband, Nikita Morgan. And what do you love most about him? <laughs> and, what, and what do you love most about him? Well, this is my handsome husband. His name is Gerald Shadow Morgan. Um, we've been married for 18 years. He is my best friend. Um, also, my husband, my lover, the one that I go to when I need someone to talk to. Um, and he's just an all around good guy. He's a great father. He's an IT professional and a fabulous musician. Um, couldn't ask for a better man. That's, that's Shadow Morgan. Shadow? Yep. So his name is Gerald, but you call him Shadow? Everybody calls me Shadow. It's not her fault. All right, Shadow, it's great to have you on today. So we're going to have the other couples introduce themselves as well. So we have Rami, Romy, Romy and uh, Romy Hancock and her husband, Victor. So Romy, I met you and your husband about five years ago at a book writing boot camp. And you both were writing a book. Your book is out now and it's amazing. Uh, and then your husband is continuing to do photography and some amazing things. So also, Victor, I'm going to have you introduce your amazing wife. Tell us who she is and why she's so amazing. What do you love about her? Okay. Um, my wife's name is Romy Hancock, and uh, we met about 15 years ago, uh, working out together in the gym, working out separately, but at the same gym. And uh, what 
makes her so amazing, what makes her so awesome is she's made me a better man, a better husband, and a better father. And so we have five kids <clears throat> and she has helped me through my PTSD, the loss of my father, uh, war trauma. She's been my rock, my inspiration, and my positive influence every day. Every day she has a new positive outlook on life, a new positive twist to the wrongs that are going wrong in the world, I should say. And so she inspires me. She inspires me because of her, I am a better positive person. And I'm always looking for the positivity in every obstacle that presents itself. So I would be nothing without her. And we have two beautiful young girls that she is raising with us, with me to make them powerhouses. You know, it's, that's our legacy. You know, we have two young girls that are intuitive, that are uh, confident, that are independent, that I'm just waiting for them to bring home their first boyfriends. <laughs> I love that. So Nathan, something went wrong with my headphones. So hopefully you guys can still hear me. Yay, awesome. So we also have Andre. Oh, I gotta introduce him. I got distracted for a second. I'm like, I hope they can hear me. I don't know what you were saying. I couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> so, uh, why did you meet the handsome husband? Yes. So, my husband, Victor Hancock, we did meet 15 years ago. Um, we actually met, and it was like meeting up with my best friend again. We only knew each other six weeks, and we got married. Everybody thought, uh, thought you know, we're crazy, which, yeah, they probably, that's right. We are a little crazy. That's fine, right? Um, but he has inspired me to live in my truth, to live the greatest life. I've been with him um, from the time he was in the military. He is now retired from the Air Force, but the military, it was, it was difficult. You know, he had some war trauma. Um, now I watch him as he helps other military members that are coming out of the military that are you know, secretive about their suicidal thoughts and their feelings of hatred, self-hatred. And he counsels them. He counsels police officers. He counsels all his friends. And he's just such an amazing man and father. And um, he inspired me and, and helped me write my book. And, you know, really, he took that time to help me write my book away from the book that he wants to publish about his photography and the landscapes that he does. And yeah, my husband is amazing. I, I love that. I love that. Um, what I do love about you as well, you're this big, strong guy, but when you talk about being vulnerable, you talk about the, these experiences that you had in, in war and PTSD and feelings of, um, you know, like you said, wanting to end things and all kind of drama, that's strength to me. That's courage. That's, that's really amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll come back to you in a second. Uh, we have another amazing couple. I can't believe you guys got married after six weeks. That's so amazing. Crazy. <laughs> I love that. And you've been together for 15 years. Is that correct? Yes. So this next couple has been married for maybe six weeks now. I went to their virtual pandemic wedding, <laughs> but they're the opposite. They've known each other for decades and they've been married for only a few weeks. So Andre, um, Thank you for joining us. Andre and I go to the same church, uh, New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. Um, hey. And so does Andre. Andre, congratulations again. You two Thank are still you. newlyweds. Uh, <laughs> Philip, I'm gonna ask you, Phil, to introduce your lovely wife and tell us what you love, what, what do you love so much about her? Mm. Well, my beautiful wife's name is Andre Hines. Uh, She's so special. Uh, Andre and I have known each other for over 50 years. Uh, matter of fact, when I was seven years old, her father was a barber and had his own barber shop. And uh, mm -hmm. I used to go there and get my hair cut. And I remember he used to put, you guys probably don't realize, but back in the day, when you were a real small kid, the barber used to put a piece of wood over the top of the chair and for a youngster, that's what you would do. You'd sit on top of that for him to cut your hair. And I remember that's what her dad used to do with me. Uh, I'm a year older than she is. 
And so it just so happens that her father went to the same church as my mom. They were in the choir together. Uh, then as time went by, um, I got to know her in high school. And um, we both went to high school together. Then we went to high school together. We both were in the choir together. In my senior year of high school, we went to uh, Europe. We toured the British Isles. And we became close then. Once we came back from Europe, I was a senior. I left school. She went on her way. And I became a merchant marine. And I sailed for 20 years. And uh, when I came back home, uh, we happened to get together again. And uh, once we got together again, uh, we just fell deeply in love. She's so wonderful. She's my rock. She's has the most wonderful heart in the world. She has five beautiful daughters. I have two children. Um, <laughs> my oldest daughter is 51 years old. Uh, her oldest daughter is 50, 50 years old. To show you how close we were in kids as we were coming up. Right. I have right. a son. I have a son that's 41. Uh, 42? <laughs> He's up there. He's yeah, he's in his mid forties. He's, he's not a young buck, is what you're trying <laughs> to say. Anyway, this this is supposed to be about her, and like I said, you know, she's so beautiful. When I'm gonna, you know, and I'm gonna be honest enough because Tracy invited us on here to be honest enough with you guys to tell you about a few of the perils that we went through. Okay, and I won't make this too long, but uh, so, so. you know, as we got together, and I came back, I left Seattle, moved to Cincinnati, came back and found out I had cancer. And Andre and I had just gotten together maybe, I don't know, four months, five months before I found out this diagnosis. And when I found out I had cancer, I told her then, I said, hey, I know you didn't sign up for this. Uh, we're always gonna be close, but you can go do what you need to do because I don't know what's getting ready to happen to me. She told me then, she said, I, I loved you as, your, as a man I'm going to stay with you through thick and thin and I'm here forever. And that's what she's been. Wow. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't tell you enough. I almost start to weep because she's so wonderful. She's such a precious joy to my heart. And because of that, God is good. Tracy knows I'm in church. I'm in my, I do media services in my church. I'm doing better. And uh, I got my t-shirt on. I'm living my best life. I love it. And that's the God's truth. I love it. I don't know if you guys can see. My wife said that's enough. I could go on and on, but my that's enough. I love it. So I don't know if you can see the chat, but um, when you lean forward, I know you're into it. You you cut the top of your head off because you're so tall. So FYI, that's who you feel. I'm not sure if you're seeing that. Anyway, lovely, lovely, and that was beautiful. That was very compelling. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um. Andre, can you tell us, what do you love about Phil? I love Phil because he's compassionate. Um, he has a wonderful heart. He's very giving. He's understanding. He, um, he's a big kid. Um, and we enjoy life together. We laugh a lot. We dance a lot. We sing together. Um, He's a teacher and he teaches children with autism. And that takes wow. a very special person. Um, I know that I couldn't do that job home with me, but he's so loving and caring with those kids. Those are his kids. That's how he refers to them. Wow, and um, he's just hes just a wonderful person. he um, I'm really proud of all of his accomplishments, all of his um, endeavors. Um, I just, I mean, there's just too many things for me to say, and I don't want to keep going on and on like he did. But <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like, I like her. I like how she, I like how she <laughs> just it over. So, you see, all of these couples, hopefully you're showing all of us at the same time, um, Nate, because what I really want to reflect as a part of this, this visual is that you know, this is about love that has lasted mm -hmm. over decades. Each of you have a story 
to tell. You each have trauma and drama that you've gone through. And it's the togetherness that's really so important and so beautiful to share in this in this environment. And and right now in the middle of a pandemic, we're gonna do, you know, the first the two o'clock show and the three o'clock show. We're just gonna continue this dialogue. So I'm gonna have I know the guys wanna get in and get out. The, uh, <laughs> I know uh Shadow is like, um, you are seeing my shadow. I need to <laughs> you do that. There's nothing to see here. But he couldn't come on. He was like, I, I don't you couldn't have your wife here without you telling her story. That was that's what I thought was so beautiful. He's like, he's a back of the house guy. And same with um Victor. <laughs> Same with Victor. She was like, Tracy, there is not a strong chance that we're going to get Victor on the camera today. Uh, <laughs> not a strong chance. Right. Uh, right. Only for her. So for both of you, for each of you, each of you to be here for each other, it's just a beautiful thing. And just know that in telling your stories, what we hope to do today as people hear your stories, hear your trials. It's really about helping people to understand that it's through the trials sometimes that you find your joy. You definitely get deeper and more connected. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're all in the middle of a pandemic. We need to see this laughter, this joy, this talk about love and, and couples getting even closer during, during trials. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's about living your best life, truly living your best life. And if real people and real stories can't do it, I don't know what can. Right, you're gonna have you each have your principles, you each have words of wisdom. But I'm gonna have um, Nikita, I'm gonna have you start. I'm gonna have you tell us when you and I connected, it was on a call this past week, um, and you just kind of stepped up. Someone else was telling their story about their body, and she was saying how she didn't like her body, and she was saying how you know, and then and then and then you came up and shared a story about a, a health scare that you had, and the way you shared it so quickly and succinctly. I thought it was really beautifully, beautiful. So can you tell that story real quick? Can you share with us your lesson learned um, and why? I think this is this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. And you said, I am here to tell a story. Um, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you've taken trauma and turned it into triumph? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's just my pleasure to be here. Never thought I'd be talking to people about it because um, it's a very private thing. But I realized that it's also a testimony, a testament to what we can endure and get through together as a couple. So um, about five and a half years ago, I was um, working my business, raising two little boys, um, married, and um, I was quite busy at the time because we had just gotten a new account for my business. So I was doing a lot of traveling, driving back and forth to Ohio, and um, just just really busy. And I was and I work with people that um, in Detroit that are looking for job placement. And we had a big account where we were placing a lot of people in a job in Toledo, Ohio. So um, our goal was to transport them to Ohio, um, but everything went wrong with transportation. So I literally was driving people back and forth to training to Toledo from Detroit. And it was a very stressful time in my life. And um, I did notice that um, one day when I was taking a bath, I felt something, you know, sometimes when you just kind of touch yourself, I felt like a, a, what felt like a lump in my left breast. And um, I told my husband and he said, you know what? I noticed that for a little while. And I said, you know what? You know, it's nothing because at the time I was large breasted and I always have lumps <laughs> all over and I was a little bigger than I am now. So I, I said, you know what, when this contract is over, I'll go to the doctor. And about four or five months later, I got a letter in the mail saying that, um, we need to update your records. It was from our insurance company. And it said, you're the only one that hasn't been to the doctor. And unless you 
you go to the doctor, you're going to uh, cancel your insurance for your whole family. And my husband works for the uh, insurance company. And because I received that letter, I was like, oh my God, I can't not have insurance. So I went to the doctor and I, I knew my doctor very well. And I just called her. I said, you really need to squeeze me in because I need you to fill out this paperwork. So she got me in and um, long story short, I was not gonna stay. I just wanted her to fill out the paperwork. And, and I had a good doctor and she was like, you know what, Nikita, I need you to tell me what's going on with you. And that helped to open me up. And I told her, I said, well, you know, I do feel something in my breast and I'm sure it's nothing. And from there, she did an examination and I could tell that she knew immediately what it was. But from there, my life changed. Um, the next day I was doing a mammogram. The day after that, I was doing an ultrasound. And a week later, I was called and told that I had breast cancer stage three that had metastasized into um, the lymph nodes. So I had a very um, progressive cancer that was trying to take me out, <laughs> literally. And, um, and that's, that's how the story starts. But thank God that's not how it ended. I mean, we had a lot of fear. My husband and I, we were both very afraid. My kids were afraid. Um, so from there, I, I had lots of treatment. I was in treatment for about good three years. Yeah, yeah I, I lost all my hair. I had full chemo. Uh, I had a mastectomy. I had reconstruction, several surgeries. So when that young lady came on and she was talking about her body, it just, I felt what she was saying because my body never meant that much to me. It was just a means to an end until I started, you know, till my body was not in good health. And then I realized that my body is a temple and that I need to take care of it. And especially losing a part of such an intimate part of my body uh, made me really rethink a lot of things. And, and it, like I said, it just changed my life. I can't. We can't hear her. Oh, sorry, can you hear me? I said, wow, sorry. <laughs> Uh, a plane flew by. I'm outside in my garden. These really are real plants. And so a plane flew by and I thought I would mute for a second there. So thank you. Wow. And, and what I love about that is um, you graciously shared that story, a piece of your life with the woman who was on the phone saying, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to do this and that. You know, she, we're all ripping and running. And I think it's just a perfect example, a perfect story for all of us. You know, it, the lesson is, right, that, that Debrina Jackson Gandy talks about all the time. She has this juicy woman university that we, she and I are both in. And she talks about this rebo, this ripping and running and, you know, mentality where we don't, we don't really cherish our bodies. And so the one lesson for today, as I pause to make sure people are getting it, is that you do, your body is a temple. We do need to take time for rest and relaxation because you only get one. You only get one. Right, and, and, and so thank you for sharing that story. I wanted to ask, this, this, this conversation is about living your best life. It's also about relationships and connectivity. So I have to ask Shadow, what did you think, what did you feel you know, about her and about your relationship? How did this impact your relationship and what advice would you share with other men who might be in the middle of a pandemic, might be unemployed, might be having drama and trauma in their lives and their relationship? What can they do? What can they learn from your lesson? going through trauma and then triumphing as a, in, in your relationship? Uh, well, so I found out about it from the uh, Comcast repair guy um, because <laughs> she found out about it over the phone from a receptionist and he happened to show up right after she found out about it. And so when I called him and said, hey, you know, he called to reschedule. 
And I'm like, well, what's going on? I said, I think your wife is sick. You got a phone call. So, um, so I found out from, you know, what was going on. Um, so I left work and I gave myself the time from work to home to get it all out. So all the crying, all the yelling. And when I got into the door, it was wartime. Wet no feeling sorry for yourself. Wet no, uh, woe is me. Uh, we didn't go tell a whole bunch of people or all the stuff we were going through. We said, this is battle. What do we do next? And that was our mentality. Um, I guess the second shock is uh, with us not telling anybody, we hadn't told our kids yet. Um, and they found out from an announcement at my old church because my mother um, decided to tell the pastor. So everybody found out at the exact same time. Um, that was hard on the kids, obviously. And when everybody started running towards my wife, I stood in front of her and I stopped everybody and said, this is not that. Everybody gets one hug and we move on. This is not a pity party. And that's how we did it. We, you know, step by step, you know, we didn't think like, oh, you know, why is this happening to us? Or we actually look at things differently. We look at it like, what's the lesson we're supposed to learn from this? And so we was like, this is just the next lesson. Let's go with it. And, you know, every step of the way, we, we just, what's in front of us? What's next? What's next? I'll be honest with you. We never even looked what's down the line. What's coming up next? And, and that's how we got through it. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, she's an amazing person, and, you know, she was changing lives just by meeting people in chemo, you know, um, we would, someone would, um, we were on vacation and someone noticed a port on her shoulder and knew what that was. And, you know, and she was able to relate to them, her story. So a lot of it was, you know, we, we circled the wagons, you know, all the kids knew what we were doing. Um, we, you know, the family knew what we were doing this is war, what's next? What's the next battle? What's the next step? Um, she had every side effect you could possibly imagine. Uh, you know, the, the nurses had never seen the side effects. They'd only read about them. She had them all, wow. you know? So it had to be for something, right? And so what it turns out it is, is she's an amazing speaker. She's an amazing person. She gives of her heart. And now that she has another story, you know, and she gives that, you know, willingly. And she's helped a lot of people. So as far as what to do in a, in a, in a crisis, um, don't think about what you've lost. Don't mm -hmm. think about what you could have done. What's the next thing? You just move forward. Mm. I love that. I hear, I, I see, see heads nodding. I saw both Romy and Victor over there nodding heads and, and Andre and it's like, yeah, you got you guys get it. Is there anything else, uh, Nikita and Morgan, that you want to share about the rest of the family? Because I know you said the kids, um, sit a little closer together if you can. Um, Nikita, sit closer to your husband. There's a, there, you're almost coming off. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You guys are so beautiful. Anything else you want to share about the family, about the kids, about that whole connection? Like what advice would you share about what advice would you tell your children about living their best life? Because you also told me laughingly, and it's funny now, you, you can laugh about it now, but you said they only gave you 60% chance of, of survival. And you were like, 60%? <laughs> really? Yes. How, how did that change? How did that change your thirst for life now? Like you're a different woman now. Yeah, 60%, you know, normally is pretty good, except for when they're saying that's a 60% chance of you know the 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 treatment working and <laughs> that wasn't enough for me you know so yeah it was very scary um especially for my youngest um he was known for his smile <laughs> in school and one day i'd gotten a call from the school counselor who said miss morgan what's you know, Miss uh, Sebastian has not been smiling like he normally is. He's changed. And I just started crying on the phone. I, I had no idea because I hadn't told anybody at the school. And the fact that that counselor was, you know, uh, aware enough to call me. And I told her what had happened. And um, she said, 
we're going to make sure that he has all the support that he needs. So they gave him counseling. They uh, put him in a special camp for the summer, picked us up at, picked him up at the door, took him to a water park. I mean, that was immeasurable. I mean, I can't, I can't put into words how so many people came out of nowhere. When you, when, you know, Shadow says that it was me and him in a battle, but I also feel like God sent people to battle with us, you know, to help us through. And it's not always the people who you think are going to be there for you, because many of the people who I thought were going to be there weren't. But I got love, compassion from complete strangers, from complete strangers. They're no longer strangers. They're a part of my life and a part of, you know, our testimony. But from the from the lady at the um, at the supplement store, <laughs> she saw me, you know, gazing through supplements in tears, like I know one of these is gonna help me, who came up to me and was like, what's going on? Okay, this is what you need. Here's my phone number, call me. This is how you have to eat. This is what you have to do in order to get through this. I had never met her before in my life. So I just, and that's just one. I mean, it's people, all types of people. And that's what I try to tell people. I know like this, we're all going through COVID and it's a big adjustment for a lot of families. But once your family has been through what we've been through, this has been nothing for us. We've just been enjoying being together and loving on one another and just seeing what's what's funny about our kids. And me and my son, we just had a dance-a-thon last night. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because it was my birthday this week. <laughs> well, that's how we met. We discovered we were birthday twins. <laughs> yes, yes, we're birthday twins, September 23rd. So, I mean... COVID, I mean, after after that, we're just embracing life. And I think that's what I told you, Tracy. As a result of cancer, I have fell in love with life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Phil, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle down to you because and then I'm gonna come back to you, uh, Romy and Victor. But Phil, you just said you had a similar experience with cancer as well. Where yes. you didn't know what was going to happen, and what was what was your your beautiful wife's response when you said? She said, "Whatever's going to happen will happen together." I mean, you know, I uh, <laughs> I don't even know, I don't know I don't know I don't even, it's hard for me to put words on it to be honest with you because it was something that she didn't have to do, you know. Um, she didn't know how it was going to turn out, and neither did I. You know, but I wanted her to go on with her life. I didn't want her to be, you know, bonded to me when I knew, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, but uh, uh, just like Nikita said, in, 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 in a lot of what I believe in, God had his hand in it and still does. You know, uh, 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 Tracy, I love our church. You know, I love my NBCF family. You know, uh you know, God has shown me so many things, her being the best of them. Just like you're talking about, we're going through COVID-19. We got married. You know, there's a lot of things that, good things I found out that came out of COVID, of all things, of, all, of this horrible disease, but a lot of good things have come out of this. You know, my daughters were able to come to the wedding. They live in North Carolina. I had family in Georgia. All these different people in our family that lived outside the state were able to see us get married. How wonderful was that? Because if, if it hadn't been for that, they wouldn't have been able to make, it. you know? So I think God is, has come into our lives real strong. We're doing just like uh, uh, you guys, we're enjoying every day. Every day I wake up is such a blessing. You know, I, um, you know, we're, Y'all, we all have bumps. We all have hills and valleys that we go through in life. This is a part of life. 
but God, and, 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 and I look at you two other couples, and I know you know what a blessing it is to have someone that you just completely love and so proud of. And, and this is what makes it a joy. It truly, truly does, Tracy. Uh, I can't say it enough. And, you know, it just touches my heart every time I think about it. And when I see other couples like that, that touches my heart too. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because we all go through things, you know? This, right. this is all life. This is real stuff we're talking here, you know? So thank you. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you for your stories. You know, it's all wonderful. And, and, what, and what I love about you, um, Andre, what you said about Phil is you said he's just a kid, right? He has this, 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 this childlike exuberance. He has this thirst and quest for life. Nikita said the same thing. She's like, I, you said I'm thirsty for life. Like, I, I, I can't wait for the next day. I understand that every day is a blessing. Once you go through a life altering experience like that, every day is such a blessing. So Phil, what advice would you share with people, both of you, Phil and Andre, either, either one of you, but with people who are, you know, woe is me, have that woe is me mentality. Wait, wait. Well, I think um, what people fail to do is to realize, um, as you just said, every day is a blessing. We're not promised tomorrow. And all of the um, luxuries that we enjoy here, they're all just loaned to us while we're here. And I think people need to really sit down and consider the alternative. If you don't fight for your life, fight for your being, fight for, you know, being able to continue to be around your family, then what is life worth? I love it. And, and what I also love about it is you guys don't make it. It's not a fight. It's not even a choice. You've decided every day is a blessing. Every day is going to be an awesome experience. You choose right. joy. You yeah. choose joy. Romy and Victor, I see both of you nodding your head as as, as Nikita and Shadow were talking, as Andre and, and Phil are talking. You guys have been nodding your head the whole time. So let's talk a little bit about your story, Miss Romy. First of all, you wrote a book and do you have it. Do you have it handy? Can you show showcase it's called she said she could and she did yeah, she believed she could and she did she believed she could thank you very much she believed she could and she did uh nikita i know you had something you wanted to show uh, <laughs> you wanted to show romy yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this is crazy romy i bought i went in the store because I was revamping my office and I saw this slogan and it just came out at me as a survivor and I just put it on my wall. Wow. It says she believed she could, so she did. I just bought this on my birthday. Wow. <laughs> and here, here, here I'm talking to you. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> she was like, please, I hope Romy can join us. <laughs> She's like, that is just divine. These are those divine connections. I was like, yeah, she has a book that's called, she I always get the title a little bit wrong, but she believed, she believed she could, so she did. That's all you had to say was she believed she could. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And I <laughs> ran and got the, the thing. I unbelievable thank you so much for that Romy I mean as I was telling Tracy um it doesn't say anything about being a survivor but it spoke to me as a survivor no I think that it speaks to so many people because it all starts with the belief right you know there, there's that saying that goes I'll believe it when I see it but actually you have to believe it to see it you know, it's the opposite way around. And I think that a lot of people lose sight of that. And, um, you know, just in my story, that was something that really came to me at 19. And I, uh, you know, I was trafficked. I was, I had two kids before I was 18. I was in foster homes. And at 24, the only love that I knew, um, the father of my children, he, he died. He choked to death. He just dropped dead right there. And it, um, well, obviously it was very shocking, but it really taught me a lot that we have today, 
and we have to make every day count. And so at 25, you know, with my seventh grade education, I decided that uh, I needed to do something with my life and that this wasn't going to be my story. And so through my belief, I always pictured myself doing something great. And so I just kept that belief and that faith and that hope. And I, I did, I went back to school and I made the changes that were necessary to start moving through making a difference to not only myself but my children because you know my my children at that time were six and eight when their dad died <coughs> and uh i really kind of kept a lot of the a lot of the things that had happened to me secret for many years in fact my husband had didn't even know about me being trafficked in fact he didn't know about it for the first seven years that we were married and um because I didn't feel like it was something that was, number one, I didn't feel like I could make a difference in anybody's life about that story. And that story was something that happened had happened to me. And I don't feel that you can um, drive forward when you're looking in your rearview mirror. So I just didn't share it and I didn't ever share it with him. And uh, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was actually traumatic for me to write the book, believe it or not. Um, there was plenty of days I stopped and I started and I stopped and I started and I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this because the first four chapters, it does tell my story, but then I go on to it being a motivational book and taking everything that happened to me and knowing it, you know, taking it kind of like you did Nikita and shadow that it's, it's a lesson. What, what do I have to learn from it? What can I teach other people about, you know, really living for today and for our future and, and really running with it? You know, I didn't, expect at 15 I was going to be kidnapped and held hostage and you know made to do all these horrible things I never that's not what I thought was going to happen to me at 15 nor do I think any you know teenager thinks that or any woman any man for that matter so um yeah I did you know I, I we were living in Seattle and I told my husband we need to move away for a couple of years so that I can write my book be at peace and I went to <laughs> Robbins, this motivational speaker, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I turned it up, <laughs> so to speak. But I did. <laughs> I did. I got the book done, and um, you know, I'm just amazed at how many people it's already changed because they don't look at trafficking survivors as really valuable to society, which is very sad. And so when I come back with my story, and you know, I let people know not only am I a successful businesswoman, you know, I'm in a real estate, um, I'm a coach, but you know, I've made it to the top 1% in real estate. And I think that that gets some attention and it gets the attention to the survivors that actually need that hope and faith for other people to put into them in order for them to know that these, these people have a contribution to the world and that God loves all of us not just a select few of us and that everybody deserves a chance. Wow. I love that. I love that so much. And what we're going to do, so I cannot believe we got 10 minutes left in this particular show. And then we're going to use the next show as like a rapid fire. You guys are couples, your family. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about advice on various topics. And I'm just going to have you hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Is that okay? So we're going to finish this 10 minutes out with lessons learned as relates to your relationship. So uh, I'm going to go to you, Shadow. What would you share with others, men, around communication? Because the one thing I can tell you, you got to have some of the foundational things established before you start to thrive during trials and trauma and tribulations. Would you guys agree with that? You got to have some of the baseline uh, skill sets locked as in a relationship. So what advice would you share with men about communicating with women? And each man, I'm going to ask you that question. And women, I'm going to ask you that question about men. So, so I give you the quick answer I give to that. Yes. And that's why she's cringing. I think you can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all love it. <laughs> you can either be right or you can be happy. Tell us a little bit more. Well, in the that, middle of the shenanigans, yeah, well, that's, you tell that's, the men to think. Well, the simplest thing to do is, so someone watched us have an argument once. It's hilarious. Um, one of our choir members, they used to have a choir. And what we would have to do for our arguments is um, she would say something. 
and I would say, repeat what she said, then I would say something in response to that. And she would repeat what I said. And that was our, that's how we argued. And, and you know, Carol, she's our, our soprano. She looked at us like, are you even arguing? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this but, is way too simple, right? <laughs> this is way too nice. <laughs> but the, what we used to do was have knockdown, drag out, pull knife out fights, you know? <laughs> so it took us a lot of practice you have some Tyson Holyfields. Is that what you're trying to say? You, oh, some... <laughs> um, you think I'm exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> you know, so, and so the biggest thing is, you know, you can't just wait for your time to talk. You have to actually hear what she's saying. And to do that, can I then take what she's telling me and tell it to her in my own words so I know I'm understanding where she's coming from? And then can she do the same for me? And, and when you can do that, now you know where the other person's coming from. Now you can communicate. It's not, um, you know, I've been to marriage retreats where you can tell um, they just come here so the guy who's running the thing will tell them who's right. <laughs> you know? I, I go ahead and tell them what I said, right? You know, but that's not the way it's supposed to be, you know. So there is no right, there is no wrong. There is. This is how you see it. This is how I see it. So how do we move forward? Mm. All right. So man folk number two, on Phil Hines, yeah. what would you share? What advice would you share uh, with others mm. about how men should communicate with women? What have you found to be successful in your relationship? Well, I'm going to say, first of all, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> and you then see a theme? you see a theme here? Do you, see, do you want to be happy? Yeah, right. Hey, or do you want that, to be hey, right? Hey, that's happy real life, talk. That's, a, that's real talk. <laughs> that's real talk. But you know what, Tracy? You know what? I listen. When she talks, I listen. When we when we have conversations about different things, whether it's problems, what I listen. And then after I listen, I'll incorporate she it may be a week later and I'll do something. And she go, you did? I said, yeah. I said, because I listened to you, baby. I listened to you. Uh, when she has ideas, I don't know how a lot of men are, but my wife's very smart, very intelligent. So as I'm doing things and doing my life and doing this and the other, when she tells me things that I think, you know, I'm not really sure about, I listen to her and I follow her advice. You know, she's not only my wife, she's my partner. She's my friend. She's everything. Mm everything do you understand what i'm telling you <laughs> did you see all of our next <laughs> yeah right so so that's what i tell me and i tell my son the same thing listen listen to your your other your significant other the one that you love and care about listen respect mm. you know we we you know we don't argue you know we talk i love it you know i love that you know, i love that's that. what i say so we have five minutes left we're gonna go to Man number my number three, uh, handsome husband number three. You guys are all so amazing. Seriously, I'm so I'm so grateful for this conversation. What advice would you share, Victor, to other men who are watching, who will see this information out on YouTube for the rest of existence? What advice would you share about how to communicate with your wife? What works for you? Um, I think a lot of men or a lot of people in our society today are they love someone, but their first thought is themselves. And so a lot of times, you know, it, it's, it's the way society is pushing us. It's like, let me, I love you, baby, but I need to raise myself up. And so what I find through my marriage and through my life is raising others first. Because when you raise someone else up, when you better someone else, that just betters yourself. It, it's it's a it's a downflow, and so uh, I've always wanted my wife to be better. I've always wanted to raise my wife up um, and help her in in every aspect that she's struggling through. Whether I need to be a hundred percent the solution or I need to be ten percent the solution, I'm always thinking like, well, what's going to help her in the long term? You know, in the short term. And so a lot of people just get so focused on themselves. Well, you're not doing this for me, or you're not, this isn't doing anything for me, or this isn't helping me, as opposed to how can I be of service? 
And I think I kind of maybe got that in the military, but I really think I got that from my dad, you know? And so I've always taken a lot of the lessons that I got from my dad before he passed. And it made me the man that I am today. And so um, I'd have to say with a lot of men today who are, well, you're disrespecting me or, you know, you're not helping me or what have you done for me? You know, what have you done for someone else? That should be your first question, you know, when you wake up. How, how am I going to help my wife, my children, my best friend today, as opposed to who can help me today? Wow. Wow. Guys, I cannot. Is this the fastest hour of your entire life? Yes. <laughs> show, show, show number one is over. They're going to force us to take a commercial break in literally about three minutes. So before we go there, when we come back, you ain't done yet. Don't be waving me out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ain't done yet. So. <laughs> All right. You're not done yet because we're going to come back for the second hour with those that can join. And we're going to do a rapid fire conversation about, again, raising children and more about relationships, trials and tribulations, traumas. We're going to like leave some nuggets for people who think about it. There's a lot of black families who don't have two parents. I wasn't raised with, with a family. Uh, uh, that I was raised with a family. I wasn't raised with a husband <laughs> and a wife. I was raised by wolves, apparently. <laughs> I wasn't raised with a family. What we are going to do is, it is so important for us to show faces that look like you, real people who can help with lessons learned. How can youth, how can people really aspire to greatness unless they're able to see real people doing this work? So if you can stay, those of you that you can stay, that'll be awesome. We're gonna get right to it in the next hour. Apparently we are going to need to take a quick commercial break and then we will be right back with- Love meeting all of you. Thank you so much, uh, Phil. Continue to- Live your best life. Our next conversation is going to continue to have this conversation around living your best life. How are you able to love someone for decades and still thrive, continue to make that relationship awesome? How are you able to thrive during trauma? Improve your relationships. Those people that you live with, family, kids, children. This is about living your best life in all areas, mind, body, and soul. This is Tracy Harrell. Thank you so much. 